Hello and welcome to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I am a invisible creature that you can't see unless you look through a stone, and I am joined by Arthur Spiderwick. (laughs) You should have said one of the actual, like, creatures, like a bogger to her. I just feel like I can't be boxed in like that. Hmm. I do have somewhere the the Spiderwick field guide. I could have pulled it out and, like, tried to pick a creature from it. Because uh, I, I have, like, the field guide. Um, yes, of course. It was one of my prized possessions as a child, and it still is, if I'm going to be honest. Um, so I could have, but I, I, I didn't prepare anything. You know, I, I am a a hog squeal, or, like, I don't know. That was his name. I don't know what the his hob- actual, like. The hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. I am a mulgr. I'm an old man who actually is a talking tree. Um, <laughs> today we are doing another um, childhood classics episode. Everyone's Clearly. favorites. We take movies that were f- our favorites, our classics. There are classics. There are childhood classics. They should be other people's as well, uh, but they are ours specifically. Cor- correct. And we are taking these classics and making classic episodes out of them taking the classics and turning them into more classics um that's that's how it works you know what's wild this wasn't even on our original classics like when we made our this is the ultimate childhood classic yeah this like because we have a list of of movies and this wasn't on it i just was looking through movies that i have watched in i sorted on letterboxd f- <laughs> films i've watched and then i sorted it genre family and then I did nice. 2000s and then stream only because That's we needed perfect. something we could watch. And Spiderwick was there. One of the best parts of Letterboxd is those um, like filters and being able to search things with that. Yeah. Really underrated. Um, shout out to Letterboxd for supplying all of my OCD needs. Because that is just beautiful. The fact yes. that you can serve by all those things is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um Firstly, though, we want to announce, if you didn't see on our Twitter or Instagram, wherever we posted it, we are now releasing episodes on a Wednesday. So Mm. we have turned from your favorite Tuesday podcast to your favorite (laughs) Wednesday podcast. Well, we originally released on Mondays, so really we turned from your favorite Monday (laughs) podcast to your tuesday podcast to your wednesday uh, podcast so we're next just... year we're gonna be we're gonna be announcing we're switching to thursdays and eventually we will make it all the way back around to monday and yeah just do it a all little, little wraparound little wraparound um, yeah well because we moved to tuesday originally because and i think i think this was still a great like because we obviously if we want to recover new movies we want to be able to see them but unless we get and see them on like thursday night every time it's hard to do that turnaround for a Wednesday. So that's why we did it for Tuesday. Um, and this is the same reason. We just felt like it was still a tight turnaround. So I feel like Wednesday will be good. Also, I think that means, depending on when we record or like, well, I think we can at least have some pretty good box office numbers for whenever we do do new re- new reviews. Because mm. sometimes if we did Mondays, like if we had to record on a Saturday, we wouldn't have much like box office stuff. But like if we do consistently sundays we'll have most of the box office stuff for that so you know silver linings um and wednesday you know getting getting you through hump day come on gotta got love to be there for for the troops on in on on the field in the field um okay (laughs) let's jump into the episode getting into a few of the question of the week answers we got from last week Last week's episode was on John Wick 4. Also, I literally Best Buy, forgot what last week's episode was for a half second. I forgot second. for a half second. At Best Buy today, I saw this really dope like John Wick movie set, but it was like one through three. Oh, dumb. And so I was like, who the heck would buy this? Yeah, now, like, not without four. What? What a, a ripoff! I if four had like good bonus features on it, I, I would, would buy. I might four. buy four. Four is like I feel, and I feel like like we said this isn't a John Wick episode, but I feel like you could watch four like just just. I feel like I have that is like all I need, you know, from from a John Wick movie. I don't need mm-hmm. all, all bon- I can just get everything I need from that one movie. Um, yep. so some questions we got actually two on uh Spotify. 
So shout out to Spotify. We have uh, Noah Hewitt said, well, yeah, okay. Whoops, rewind. Our fa- our question was, what is your favorite action movie franchise? Mm, yes. Um, because obviously we talked about John Wick. We and did. Noah Hewitt said, Die Hard and John Wick. Mm. Um, So that's two, but it's fine. Uh, Die Hard, I've only seen the first one, so I can't comment I on the others. I own the second one on VHS, but... That's one I'm of the not most you it. statements that you've ever said. I own the second Die Hard on VHS, I but do. I haven't seen it. Um, yeah, I feel like I I know that there are fans of the others, but that's I think to say it's one of your favorite action movie franchises is actually I don't think is a very cut. common thing yeah. to say. So yeah, that is a deep cut, you know, because not just the first, but Die Hard with a Vengeance, Die Hard again, Die Hard another How many time. Are there? I don't... Die Hard, Die Harder. Die the hardest. Is Die Hard like a an, an innuendo, like Die Hard, or no? I don't know. I mean, we literally did a whole episode on this. Is there movie. like a is there like a porn of die like a porn version of like the Die Hard die movie? Hard? They're, they're still called Die Hard. Probably. <laughs> I think there are five from like so. Die Hard, Die Hard Two, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Live Free or Die Hard. That's a good one. And then a good day to die hard. That is the one that's the porno. A good day that's to die said. hard. The, the more I say these titles, the more I just am convinced that that this cast this has to be on purpose. They're actually, um, a good day to die hard. The next one, the best day to die hard, exclusively on Pornhub. Uh, pr- yeah, premium. Yeah, you gotta pay the you gotta pay the paywall. Um. Mm. Okay, so that was a cool one. The other person on uh, Spotify was Michael, who said the Matt Reeves Planet of the Apes movies, which is cool. Like, I feel like, and that is uh, definitely an action franchise more than I think, mm. like, the fantasy sci fi. So that's a great cut. I'll... How many of those have you seen? Have Zero. You seen those? Actually. Oh, no yeah. shit. That's crazy. I saw the first, um, I've seen a couple of them. They're making a actually. new one, aren't they? I feel like they are. I feel like we should do an episode on them. Well, there's so many, like, an uh, episode on the new series, right? Like the like the one, not like the, the new old ones. ones. Yeah. The new one. The Matt Reeves ones, as, as, yes, as Michael was saying. I saw the first, the first, the rise of the planet of the apes, I saw for sure. Mm. Um... And then, I, how many more of them are there? I don't know. The titles okay, are too Rise, similar. There's like the war. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War of the Planet of the Apes. I Eclipse have seen. Eclipse of the Planet of the Apes. Is that one as well? A New Hope of the Planet. No, I'm just oh. doing like <laughs> oh. a new moon of the Planet of the Apes. I have seen the first two. I have not seen War for the Planet of the Apes. Uh, not War for the. Yes. Is but there if- a War of the? Or just War for the? No, just War, just a war for, for the. the. There's okay. Rise What's the new one of, called? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't even know there was a new one coming out. To be, I feel like frank. I just heard I, like someone say like Andy Circus was like, yeah, it's a, like it's incredible. Like I think I just heard him say that. Which obviously he's gonna say is incredible. One. Yeah, this is probably like a mid Planet of the Apes movie. I would I would uh, recommend that only the diehards check it out. The diehards, die hard with the Planet of the Apes. Okay, okay, yes. I looked it up. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, it these, looks like maybe 2024. They're going to run out of like, run out of these like kingdom war. Like they're just going to run out of ones to you. Is that what those adjectives, I guess? Or ver- I don't know what those are. They're nouns. Well, noun. Na- kingdom is a noun, but then the war is also a noun. Dawn. So is rise. And so rise. is the dawn. So they're, they're going to run out of na- so- They're all nouns. <laughs> Well, but like rise is a no rise is a it's a verb. noun. Rise is a verb, not in the rise way that it's of. being used, though. But like the planet of the apes are rising, the rise of the apes. But I I, like I think that it's talking about the noun rise, though. Like it was the rise. Like they're not rising. <laughs> it would be called the rising of the planet of the apes. It would be the rise is a noun because it was the well, rise. Well, is revenge of the, apes. of the Sith is revenge a noun there? Yeah, it's a noun because you're describing you're describing the revenge. It's not the because like so. What's the, the verb revenge, in the sentence? There is there has one. to be a verb. <laughs> That is so, what it, I, maybe it's because it's incomplete. I don't know. Um, this has been the English corner. 
with the second the secondhand English <laughs> that English critics. Um, what else do we have on Instagram? Uh, Zach Smith said, "Mission Impossible, hands down, fun, electrifying, electrifying. That's a big word." Ooh. And Simon Pegg. Um, I don't know who Simon Pegg is. You know, and um. You wouldn't know, I don't, like, because you haven't seen it, but, like, the guy in, like, the Edward Wright movies, like... Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, The guy, guy who looks like a mouse? Y- yes. Okay. Yeah, and he's, like, and he has, like, he's not balding, but he's, like, kind of, like, and he has, like, I think yeah, red hair. Yeah, he's got the, like, receding hairline. Yes. He looks like... exactly. Every other white guy. He's very funny in Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible, I think, is just a great choice in general. I have never seen... A single Mission Impossible That's movie. That's pretty crazy, because I feel like they're right up your alley. D- yeah? It's like heists. I had a conversation with someone recently where they couldn't believe I hadn't read this thing that is heist-themed. It's a fan fiction. Um, that's why I said this thing. <laughs> this <laughs> But it's thing. like one of the most popular fan fictions in this fandom, and so everyone has read it, and I haven't. And it was like a big deal that I haven't read this fic yet. And it's a heist theme. And I was like, well, heists are my favorite genre of anything. And they were like, well, what about it's like money heist? And I was like, I haven't seen that either. So it's like, uh, it feels like I just haven't seen. I actually haven't. I don't actually watch heist things, actually. We could do like summer of heist, the summer of the heist, summer of heists. Yeah. Next summer. Summer of heist. Well, we're going to have to do some, maybe like at least talk about the new Mission Impossible movie. So maybe. Yeah, Mission. I need to put it on my list. I would like them. I, I believe I, I think, would. Yeah. And it's like, there are some of them, like the early ones, like second two and three, where they're not like as good. Again, I have it right here on my desk. Ghost Protocol. That's a terrible cover, though. It's the Ghost literally Protocol the one. worst cover. I've. It's one of the worst Blu-ray covers I've ever seen, actually. I hated the phase of Blu-ray where they had like the big ultraviolet name on it too. Like remember ultraviolet, like that service that used to be like the digital copy service. I still got the digital copy right here. Oh, do you remember the di- they had digital copies of they were actual DVDs though? So like they weren't codes. Did digital copies expire? They do. But sometimes it's like if the ex- sometimes it's only like it's, it will still work. I think it's only like if they decide to use that code again. So sometimes I've used digital copies that are like three years expired and they still work. So I always try them. Same. Like I always, I think technically they do expire, but they just are saying that. So then if they ever need to use another that code again, they can. But until the code is like reassigned, I think, and it's probably fine. But yeah, I remember they used to like Despicable Me is the one I know that they had this where like it was an actual like disc that you had to put in your computer to get the digital copy. Like, it was a specific disc only for the digital copy. I do remember that. I never ever do my digital copy to- copies. Really? I do. That's one of my favorite. That's This is really sad. That's like one of my favorite things in life is when I get a movie and then I get it out and I put the digital copy in and then I put it in like my letterbox list with like the, like the USC number and like I put in all the data. It, that Yeah, that, I really like doing that, which is a little depressing, but it is very exciting for me. Okay, I have officially redeemed (laughs) (laughs) the Ghost Protocol. I have officially redeemed Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, even though it says code may not be valid after April 17th, 2013. Ten years later. Ten years later. Almost exactly to the date. Ten years later. The digital copy still works, guys, so... Do your digital copies. Maybe I should go through all my Blu-rays and do my digital copies now. I love, even though I never use them, I always, I just like, I just love putting those codes in, typing them in and browsing and just clicking on. And like Vudu, it's hard because like it's always changed because like you want to go to Vudu because they're connected to the movies anywhere and movies anywhere is like Disney, but like it will connect your services. So some of them are across like three services, but some of them are only like, one service. It's really where the way they do digital copies. But now with movies anywhere, like if you connect that service, you can usually get it like on every other service. It's it's so do that. Um. Anyway, talking about Spiderwick today, Spiderwick Chronicles from 2008 um, came out on your birthday, February 14th. Wow. I didn't even know that. I know, crazy. I asked my mom because I was not sure. I apparently saw this twice in theaters. So that's dope. I was seven, I think. I was seven years old. 
Um, so this is a very big release. We'll talk about of the memories of it and stuff. But first, do you want to read this quick summary of, in case those the uneducated out there are unaware of the masterpiece that is oh, yes. the Spiderwick Chronicles? Um, mm -hmm. I think it would be a good refresher too, even if you do know it, because there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I was like, oh, right. The, yeah. the protective circle. I forgot. Um, so yeah, I got this from Google, so you're welcome. Okay, thank you. Of the three Grace children, Jared has always been thought of as the troublemaker. So when strange things happen after his family's move to a relative's dilapidated estate, Sister Mallory, twin brother Simon, and their mother assume that Jared is behind it all. However, magical creatures roam the grounds, and they all want a special book that Jared has found, a field guide to fantastic creatures penned by Arthur Spiderwick. Incredible. Um, I like my favorite part of this Google uh, synopsis is Sister Mallory because it sounds like she's like a nun. Like mm, Sister Mallory and her and the twin brother Simon. Um, yeah, so this is Spiderwick. It's based on a young adult book series that I think I read it like the first book came out in 2003 and then there were five of the original books and then there was another like three book series called like mm -hmm. beyond the spider chronicles yeah and at the point this movie came out two of them had come out and then then or like i because one came out in seven one came out in eight one came out in nine like so like they were it was basically those books were also almost done when this movie came out um and then they never wrote anything after that like i looked on the wikipedia page it was that was basically the end because i wasn't sure like if they had revisited stuff at all and so this was like i guess the culmination this movie of like the fandom around it. I was so pumped for this movie. I remember watching trailers of it or like seeing trailers of it while watching American Idol, which is just a lot of things in that one like time, you know, watching American <laughs> Idol in 2007, watching being excited for the Spiderwick trailers. What can we go back? Take us back to the time of that point in time. Um, yeah, I was really excited. I read these books all, I read all of them. Before, like I was like them before the movie came out mm -hmm. I had the field guide I had like this other book that was like it was it was like a journal but like you filled in the blank so it was like it gave you prompts so it was like draw a magical creature that you see and name the creature and then another page you might have said um circle your favorite potions like I don't know it was like if it had just had you answer different questions, like pretending you were creating your own field guide kind of thing. Mm. So that was dope. Loved that. And I watched this movie probably like a million times because I, I got, I have the blue, this DVD. I found it downstairs. I was like, I have to make sure we still have it. We do. It was the widescreen version. So, mm, of course, you know, that's great because the Classic. full screen, everyone hates the full screen versions. Like, why did they ever do that? Why did they make full screen only versions? Like, just give us both. Even like widescreen, like why give us just one version? Just can just yeah. put both on the same disc, lazy. So yeah, I this was a very big movie for me. How about for you? Yeah, I I mean I feel like I probably saw it in theaters. I don't have any like specific memory of seeing it in theaters, but I don't know why I wouldn't have seen it in theaters. Um, I should have asked my brother; he would know. Um, and then. I read the books, obviously, and loved them. I feel like I own the field guide at one point. Uh, I don't have it still. Damn. Um, so maybe I didn't own it. I don't know. But I know I read it. So maybe I got it from the library or something. Mm. Uh, but I do have the book series and then the spinoff series as well. And I've, I should yes. reread them. Yeah, I remember loving the originals. I definitely read them a bunch of times. And I... I because th I remember getting the first. This is what I remember. I remember I got the first book for Christmas of two thousand and six, and I remember by February two thousand no Christmas of two thousand seven, and I remember by February two thousand eight I'd read them all. So I read all five in like a month. I think they're is pretty what small. Happened. They're short. They're pretty short, and it's like I remember just like reading those five like so many times and loving like the the world that it created and the characters like I think it it did a really good job of like making uh like a very unique world that also feels familiar so like you have an entry point so because it's so short it doesn't feel like it has to set up a bunch of stuff but the spiderwick universe 
to me feels very um unique like and it has a certain feel to it that i remembered when watching this movie that i thought like for a pretty like a seemingly like throwaway young adult books like if you were out look outside looking in like oh yeah another fantasy young adult like series for like 10 year olds you know like feels like those are a dime a dozen i feel like it is a very does a very good job of like creating a unique world with its own um characteristics like it's like the tomato sauce the honey like it has a lot of its own identity that i think that's really what gravitated me towards it and also the characters are very um enticing for um like i think when you're a kid because they feel like really cool i think Uh in my opinion so that was just a win too yeah uh i feel like we probably own this on dvd i feel like i watched bonus features there are bonus features of it i looked I don't remember what they were, but there's three bonus features okay. on the DVD. I feel like I vaguely remember watching bonus features for this. I I know that I watched this over and over and over because even rewatching it, like oh yeah, I was like I I knew that I had watched this one a lot, but I don't think I realized how much I watched this one mm. until I rewatched it, and I was like, oh wow, okay. It's that same thing that's happened in some of these childhood classics where like I. I know a line is coming like five seconds in advance, but like I didn't, it's like, it just comes to me like, oh, right, that line. Like I could like kind of quote it, but I don't even realize that I can quote it until like the scene comes up uh-huh. and like if the scene comes up I'm like, oh, right, this scene, this is a great scene. Uh, it's yeah. such a weird feeling because I haven't, I probably haven't seen this in like, I don't know, 10 years, nine years, like it's been a while. So. It's been a long time since I've seen it too. It's definitely was a trip going back and this movie is actually really good. I'm not even going to lie. Okay, here is my thoughts, generally. It is crazy that this only has a 3.1 on Letterboxd. And, like, when I was looking at it and seeing people that I'm friends with being like, two stars, one star, Heck, I was what like... what are we talking about, guys? This is, like, it's... Especially for 2008... And for how much, like, lore it fits into 95 minutes. Yes. Like, it's kind of crazy, honestly. And I was shocked by it because I worry about these uh, movies a lot of times, especially ones that, like, were, like, more cherished that when I rewatch them, it's going to be, like, really horrible. Mm. Um, I think we felt that way minorly about Hook, but not like yeah. completely. I think for Hook too, we were a little bit more prepared. But there are mm-hmm. some movies that I've seen where it's like, man, that is just an awful movie, and like I just didn't realize it at the time. It's weird, like watching these movies now and being able to see them as like full stories, because I feel like when I like looking back on my memory as them, I only ever see like can remember snapshots. So I don't remember how I ever feel about the full movie. And so uh-huh. you just don't know when you go back, like, is this going to work together? Like in the way that I imagined it did or that I remember it doing. Yeah. But I felt like I, when I watched this, I was like, damn, this is good. It still rocks. It slaps. And I don't even think it's bias. Like, I think I I probably other people would say I'm biased and I probably am. But like, I think overall that this is like a great kids movie. Agreed. Especially yeah. from 2008. Like, you have to think you have to think about that, too. Yeah, I think, like you said, they fit a lot into 90 minutes. And I remember as a kid, not like a complaint, but the one thing that I remember being hard is because obviously there's even though the books are short there is five books of material to pull from and it spans like a decent amount of time you know Mm. um so i remember it is a little bit it was like a weird change or just thing to adjust to that this movie like basically just takes place in a day Mm -hmm. um like a day or two and like that they have to like kind of truncate a lot of it down obviously yeah um and so I remember that being something I didn't like as much as a kid just because like I love the book so much. But watching this now and not uh, like really having the books as a reference because I don't remember specifically like every book anymore. Um, it is like it feels like a full story. Like and I think they do a really good job of taking a lot of what made the books great. And like even like I said, like the world built like the way the world feels. And like I think the James Horner score does a really good job of like 
and capturing the feeling of the Spider-Rick world that is very distinct from other like fantastical worlds that like Harry Potter, like other like kind of things I feel like. Um, and it's, yeah, it was just, I was really impressed about how much of like a full package in a story was able to tell in such a short amount of time and still feel like Spider-Rick, you know, and it still yeah. feel, felt like it was part of the universe, even though it was obviously like they have so much material they have to cut down to such a short amount of time. Yeah, I agree. Like we'll get more into like specific stuff here, obviously. But overall, I was very happy to rewatch this movie and I enjoyed it wholeheartedly. Like it didn't feel like a drag at all. I was excited for all the scenes. I thought every scene worked really well. I thought it had a great sense of pacing. And I thought the ending actually was really heartwarming. Like I yeah. I kind of teared up. I kind of cried a little, not going to lie. Yeah. Like I teared up a little. I was like, man, this is great for a kid's movie, especially like that whole thing with the dad and the and his daughter at the end. I thought that was like such a great scene and such a well done scene that I think in a lot of kids movies today, you don't get because they're they're very concerned with like pacing and making things as quick as possible. And so I thought mm-hmm. like that last scene especially was like something that I was really impressed that they were able to get in there, especially for a movie that's so short and have room for those spots to breathe and to have those emotional moments. I also moments. really liked the scene too when J- Jared is talking to Arthur in the ferry. Yeah. Thing yeah. and then he's like says the thing about his mom where he's like the last thing I said to my mom was that I hate her. I think even that is like very self aware for a movie like this. Like they didn't have to put that in here, but they did. Can I, at first, when I heard that line, that's so funny you mentioned that because at first when I heard that line, I thought, man, that was a little on the nose. But then you think about like when, well, this he thinks in this moment that he's gonna have to stay in this like place forever, and so uh-huh. that's a pretty like deep. And like terrible thought to think, you know, that would probably emotionally wreck anyone. So you're right. That thought was such a great line. And also them like weaving in like that people have. What, what what was the line that he had in that same scene? I don't remember. There was just a, I just thought like that was another scene that you're that you're right. And some of the other scenes, maybe with Jared and his mom, like there was some stuff that was some actually like some big topics that were on there, like infidelity suicide was there was a suicide mention i was like wow this is like a lot of stuff they were able to fit into this movie and still have like i thought a really good beginning middle end pacing um climactic moment like it all felt very well Mm -hmm. made Mm -hmm. um which i'm just not used to in kids movies i think is like i'm used to like be them being like pretty funny at this point and having probably like some fun scenes or some really cool moments but i'm not as used to feeling like movies that like kids movies like this are well constructed and have a mm-hmm. really strong script behind them for a kids movie and i was just was like wow this is just a really well-made movie and they did not have to go this hard for a movie that was basically already gonna be successful no matter what they did because you got mm. the big series, you got Freddie Highmore, who is just dominating at this time. Like, yeah, they were going to make their money back no matter what. But they they did that for us. They made this movie <laughs> better for us. They went hard for us. And I appreciated it. Yeah. And he did a great job. Um, I, I was thinking, too, one thing that's interesting about it is I think obviously like a lot of times the hero character has some kind of thing going on mm. in kind of usually it's a parent thing probably a dead parent in movies like this i don't know like that's just how they have to set it up uh but i appreciated in this one that they made him like have flaws in that like obviously a lot of it was caused by the adults in his life and stuff um but i appreciated that it was like he was kind of the troublemaker and he was like yeah i think that's why i always like the characters because like he's such a good an interesting main character yeah like he he's a character that like i think a lot of kids could probably sympathize with Mm. and like watch it and be like hey i get blamed for things too yes kind of like i don't know i i think that that was impressive too and obviously he's playing two different characters because he plays both him the main character and then the brother simon. Yeah, yeah simon as well um and he did both great 
He's a he was a great actor, and I feel like I mean now he's on the Good Doctor. He's doing great. I actually I looked up an interview with him like it was like a year ago. The Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy Kimmel interview did because I just want to see how he was doing. He seems like he's doing great. He got married recently. Oh, love it for him. Good for um, him. And I feel like he's pretty cool. Like he has he's not really in the public eye a lot, but he's like still getting a lot of work. Like he obviously is doing really good with like that show. Well, he did Bates Motel too, which was like really successful. I feel like he has like a great like the I- ideal acting career just from like a per- like a professional standpoint, you know, like he doesn't really do much press. I feel like he's not really ever in the news. I don't know. He just it seems great for him. But wow, his birthday is February 14th. Wow. Oh, my gosh. No way. Yeah. Wow. I just went on his IMDb page. That's and so funny. His birthday is literally February 14th, 1992. Um, yeah, he was dominating during this time. Like Finding Neverland, I think, was like his big breakout. And then he had Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Arthur and the Invisibles, August Rush. August Rush is a gr- Have you seen August Rush? I have. That's a great movie. Um, you're forgetting Five Children and It. Okay, yep. Oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Uh, The Golden Compass, Spiderwick, Astro Boy. Man, Astro Boy was a banger. And I think that's when he did, like, he was a little more grown up, so he did a couple things. But, like, that was when he started um, doing Bates Motel. Yeah, in 2013. Like, so he transitioned really well, I think. From little kid actor to adult actor. Yeah. And I think it was smart to move to TV, too, because he was such like a big, like the face of kids movies, I think. Mm-hmm. that it pro- I think it probably would have been is probably was really hard to like make that switch to adult film. And so I think moving to like the like prestige TV with Bates Motel was a really good move for him. And then The Good Doctor, like obviously it's like. Um, network TV, so it's not going to be like the most amazing thing you've ever seen. Wow, but... there's 112 episodes of The Good Doctor. I know. I was like, I they're on another, they're still doing seasons. I didn't realize it was running like as long as it did you, has run. Did you watch that? I've seen like, I think I watched the first like four or five episodes. Uh, yeah, I think I watched the first season. Yeah, but he, I think he's won, he won like some award for one of the seasons. Probably. Um, like a Golden Globe or he's something. In a, so. He's in a movie called The Canterville Ghost. I see that. And it looks kind of fire. When are we going to get his like return, I think? Like, I when know. are we going to get his... Because, well, I feel like he's, like you said, he's doing well for himself. But I want, like, the, the Freddie Highmore renaissance. I will say... Yeah, let's do it. Not the uh-huh. best... At the American accent, I will say. He looks too British. There's something about the way he just doesn't, it talks like you just can tell that he's trying to make the British, the American accent. I don't know. Maybe he's gotten better at it. I think good doctor, he's he's American or like he doesn't speak British accent, yes. whatever. He doesn't speak British. He doesn't even speak British, actually. He doesn't even speak British in the good doctor. Um, So maybe he'd be better. I just... That really stood out to me here, especially some like some reason in the beginning, like the way he yells, it sounds like his British accent is like almost about to pop out. Um, but he did. He was a, a dominant force in the kids movie industry during our childhood. So he will always be one of my favorites, you know, just very formative. Um, and he was so he's so cool. I feel like and like he just like a, seemed like a cool guy. Um, let's see other things. One thing I thought was interesting Industrial Light and Magic worked on both this movie and Harry Potter in The Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. So Buckbeak and the Griffin in this movie have identical heads. Oh, that makes sense. Pretty cool. We love reusing assets. Yeah. We love, you know, if you got it and if you got it there, don't work, don't kill yourself to work on it. The, it looked great. I, I didn't tell yeah. until I read this. So, yeah. You know, I mean, a, a Griffin is a Griffin. So. A Griffin is a Griffin. Exactly. Like how different can a Griffin what you be? What you going to do? I didn't realize that Seth Rogen was Hogsmeade. Yeah, well, and like, obviously at that point when you're watching these as a kid, you you don't know those people. And like Martin Short is Thimbletack. Yeah, that too, yeah. And so when you watch them now with these creators or actors that you like, it's kind of funny looking back because you're like, you have 
you had no idea that this person like i love martin short and i had no mm. idea that he was in this movie that i liked yeah. as a kid like it just it, it's very it's a it's a very funny paradox to me yes. where i like look at it and i'm like wait a second but wait. yeah I, seth rogan started talking and i was like he's in this too and i think i didn't realize this was i maybe as big of a movie as it was because obviously freddie Highmore's sure. like big but when you look at just the the screen and you're not listening, like the cast doesn't look very, very big. But I didn't realize that they were in it. And I think the mom that I didn't know that she was like as big of an actress as she was. So I think maybe at the time when you're younger, like you don't have a very good reference about like what is really popular and what isn't. I think whatever you're watching, whatever you're reading is just yeah. the most popular thing to you. So I guess I just didn't realize like how big of a deal like or how popular this movie was i mean it made 164 million on a 90 million budget which isn't like amazing wow. but yeah but still for this type of uh yeah nickelodeon and stuff yes yeah and i mean family fantasy was also just so big really big then. at that time yeah i mean like we talked about that a little bit with chronicles of narnia on our chronicles of narnia episode that we did last year uh like and then the golden compass uh which i never watched uh did you ever watch it no, I wasn't allowed to watch it. I wasn't allowed to watch or read it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Water Horse. I remember the Water Horse. The Water Horse. Yes. Um, I mean, Percy Jackson also at the same time. I mean, and then like he was in that that Arthur pick the movie, like they're fairies in that, right? Or something. Yeah. So like yep. that's also like there's Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. <laughs> oh, yes. We got to do a whole the summer of Tinkerbell. Those yeah. movies are so good, are good enough. Yeah, it's it's what's you know what's really crazy though is post COVID, and I know some of these projects were in the works pre COVID, but I feel like this post COVID era is a lot of just revisiting all these things from yes. our childhood. We're at that phase. We're old enough now for stuff to be revisited. Yes. So like Percy Jackson is having its renaissance right now. Hunger Games is having its renaissance right now. Yeah. Um, this is gonna have a new series. It's supposedly coming out. I didn't out even know that. Year. I'm so That's excited. That's crazy that you didn't know that. Um, I yeah, didn't. I'm, uh, probably it gets overshadowed by the Percy Jackson series for sure. Hmm. Um, but yeah, this does. Um, like the Narnia show apparently is still happening. Lord of the Rings just had a the Rings of Power. It's very strange. Um, I'm curious. I would love to like track back and see kind of what is like. Tr what kind of triggered this mm. but i think a lot of it is triggered by this like sort of 2020s renaissance of like nostalgia and i personally i could be wrong maybe not but i think that stranger things mm. has a lot to do with it well like the the whole kid element i think is very yeah, i this the, genre. the kid i think that really revitalized some like fantasy things mm. um interesting yeah like, I know that it's mostly science fiction and also, like, it has the whole nostalgia factor where you're, like, people realize that people like things from other decades suddenly mm. uh, and that that sells. But I, I do think that people kind of saw that and were like, oh, this did really well. And it's like a world building. There's weird creatures. Mm. There's lore. Dungeons and Dragons. Kind of this sort of. Well, the Dungeons and Dragons movie came out today as we're recording this. Yeah. Or so like it's yesterday. sort of this weird, like, I think it played a lot into it. And then people were like, studios were like, huh, what can we do? Maybe we should also reboot all these fantasy series that did really well, but make a new. I think that. I, hmm. I'll call it if someone ever does a report and they're like, oh, Stranger Things is the like what spurred on all this stuff. I would be like, yes, you're right. I said it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I I'm I love to do things that I loved as a child because I still hyper fixate on the same exact things. I, I, I feel like I already as watching this movie and like re researching for this a little, I already felt like my spiderwick hyperfixation like come back a little bit. And a so little I'm bit. definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna be rereading the books yeah. Yeah. um for the show. Very exciting. And I feel like it's very um like it it's like the the same path that the series of unfortunate events took, right? Because they yeah. had a Nickelodeon movie 
that truncated the first three books, but then they released that Netflix series mm-hmm. a couple years ago that was all 13 books. And that's exactly what I wanted Great when series. I was a kid. And so it's like, I feel like that's probably what this will be. It's like, it, it's going to be a show. It's going to dive deeper into what the books actually were. I would have loved to have both that series, Unfortunate Event series, and this show, I am assuming, if it's like good, um, when I was a kid. Because that's exactly what I wanted. Not that I didn't like this movie, but... I was obsessed with like being able to see the things that I read on this on screen. And so I'm excited. I hope like they promote the books a lot too and like re-release them with new covers and stuff. Cause I hope I would hope that like a new generation could be interest introduced. Yeah. I'm excited for this. Um, I hope that like we get a trailer soon. Yeah. I mean, production wrapped uh, in in January. In January. Okay. And watching this, I got real big fall vibes. I think this would be a great, like, September show. Okay. Like, give it, start it in September, episode at a time. I would love to watch this in September. I think this movie is a great fall movie. Um, yeah. I got some great fall vibes from yeah. this movie. Maybe we should watch it in the fall. I sh- I'll be rewatching in the fall. Um, For the fantasy thing, I think that's definitely, re- the Stranger Things is a great, um, like, callback f- to, like, 2018. Like, and I think that's a great thing. I also think it's like with the rise of the like internet and like Reddit bros and the whole CinemaSins culture, I think people were really into like realism in mm. their in their movies. And that fantasy was was very big, like you said, Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, like very, in the two thousand Harry Potter, like was huge. And so I thought I think the the realism or the groundedness of the MCU was a response to that. And like what people were wanting was Mm. more realistic, more like grounded. Like, I feel like this is the real world superheroes. Um, And I think that is now getting a little tiring. I don't think people want, people don't want real world anymore. They want escapism. Exactly. And I think Marvel is trying to pull the, to like, shift that now but i don't think they're doing it enough yeah with the like quantum realm and all that i feel like all their multiverse stuff has been like they still really based in the real world Mm -hmm. yeah and i think they're still playing by real world world rules well like we talked about that in quantumania where i thought that like the ab the world should have been at like that thing they went into should have been like more abstract well even like doctor strange like they went into a world that looked like new york city i guess and there was like different lights like it's just all too calculated and like trying to think about like well what could really happen yeah it's and too we got to make it look realistic modern and then, like, Civil War is all based around, like, a political debate. Like, I just think that we're kind of coming back around to where we, they, we, escapism is more desired in movies. And also just, like, things that are more fantastical and un- unexplained. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I love the, the seeing that. I love world building. I love being able to, like, escape to a new world if it's done well. And I think Spiderwick, like I said, does that really well. I really like the world that it creates with the books and this movie. And so I hope I hope the show does well. And I think I think it has the potential to if they go about it right. Um, they market it right. Unlike the like, I hope it doesn't turn into the National Treasure show, you know, like that. No one watched. That's would be my fear for that. I heard that that ended up being like this can be a side thing. But the kids that I nanny, they were watching it. And their mom said that after the first, like, they got, like, six episodes into it or something. And then the seventh episode took a, a, like, whatever episode it was, took a really weird plot line with, like, drugs and, like, all this stuff. And then they were, like, had to stop it and, like, couldn't let the kids watch it anymore. Well, like, I watched probably ten minutes at most of the first episode. And it was awful. Like, the acting was so bad. And I, it did not capture the feel of it at all. Yeah, I was going to watch it. And then you and Karina said it was really bad. And so I was like, maybe I won't watch it, actually. The, the joy, this isn't a National Treasure episode, but the thing that makes National Treasure good is it feels similarly to this movie, like a, like a well-constructed movie. Mm. And I think like it feels like it could be 
it it feels like an I'm quote unquote adult movie. You know, it doesn't feel like oh we're making one for the kids now. It just feels like an adult movie that has less things in it that are questionable for kids to see. It's one that when you watch it and this too, you feel cool. Like yes. it's a kids movie that when you watch it, you're like, wow, I feel so cool that I watched this movie. And there's nothing less cool than a movie trying to pander to kids. Mm. There's nothing more obvious than that. Like you can, sn- kids can see that from a mile away. Mm. Um, and that was what that show felt like. It felt very trying to cater to like Gen Z, like 13, 14 crowd. Mm, like of course. With the, sl- with the slang uh, and the use of the cell phones and like, it started out in a, it started out in an escape room so uh, that this the slang in these sh- in shows these days the, i like it's millennials trying to write gen z and i'm like can you just hire one young writer for your room please like to at least beta read something and be like actually no one says bussin anymore like it's out the, f- the, the reason that Gen out. Z slang doesn't work is because it changes too much. So the way to write Gen Z slang is just to not. Yeah. It, you have to feel it more in the character. You can't f- hear it in the dialogue because yeah. it da- it will be dated by the time the movie comes out. Um, And like, I think a movie like this, the, ki- the kids feel much more realistic of now. Because I think if you don't date yourself but with the dialogue, it can you can transfer that to any time because yeah. kids will be the same no matter what. It's just going to be the superficial elements. So I think if you take superficial elements away and just make it like them behave normally, it will be fine. It will transit. It will transfer to generations because like the core of the issues or the core of the emotions is the same. And especially in a movie like this, like there was not really much technology. It was really, I think just the flip phone was the main thing. And so Things like choices like that are also things I think that make movies really age well mm. um, and feel like less bound by the time that they were released in, mm-hmm. which I feel like for this movie was is surprising. Like I w- would expect a Nickelodeon movie, you know, to have like DS promotions in there. Like he's playing a DS in the car, like they're watching like a movie from Nickelodeon on like a Nickelodeon show. And I think the fact that this doesn't have that also just really cements it as like, wow, this is a a quality movie, you know? I think Nickelodeon in general had a great 2000s. Charlotte's Web was 2006. That's a great movie, Charlotte's Web. Hotel for Dogs they had in the 2000s. Oh, Hotel for Dogs is- Nacho Libre. My jam. Series of Unfortunate Events. Like, what a great 2000s the Nickelodeon movie had. Even into the 2010s, because they had Rango- they had Tintin, um, and then they kind of went off the deep end a little bit. But there was like a 10-year period of Nickelodeon movies that I thought were very well done. We're going to have to do a Hotel for Dogs episode at some point. I think I, I only saw that movie one time. I watched I will it, do it for you. repeatedly. <laughs> I've, I, yeah, that's one that I watched all the time. What, just like, just a little bit more about the movie. What was like one of your favorite elements of parts of the movie scenes i don't know just or just anything like what was one thing um, that really stuck out to you i guess like as an adult or as a kid yeah i guess i guess yeah May- or may- maybe something you didn't remember as being as the same way i don't yeah, know yeah i really liked the scenes with thimble tack uh this time around i remember liking like the honey thing when i was a kid but I just thought it was really funny this time around. Like, I mean, it, probably part of it is knowing that it's Martin Short now that sort of endeared me to Thimble Tack a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, all those scenes, I think, uh, like his introduction as a character is so funny because it's like his nest and then he does the thing with the hair. And I just like, I don't know, he just cracks me up. And like, I think as a kid, like, I kind of liked him, but I kind of, you know, it's like you want to like the main characters more. So you're like, oh, well, Jared's my favorite character, obviously, because he's the cool main character who's like the bad boy. And he is the one who believes in the magic and all that. But I think this time around, I can appreciate like those side characters more and like what Mm. they add to the story. And I love Thimbletack. I am the number one 
Thimble tack supporter. Number one Thimble tack stan. Yeah. I have, uh, I, this is the Thimble tack defense podcast now. Uh, <laughs> my boy did nothing wrong and I love him. <laughs> I always got real anxiety watching this movie when he opened the chest and found that like they took the book oh. to the aunt's house. I was, I always gave me, I was like, oh man, I hate this scene. That's the people pleaser. You know, I just hated seeing, yeah. I just hated seeing him mad. Well, and then of like course that. he take he steals the book back. You know, it ended up working out because it, they'd be able to use it for the distraction. Uh-huh. You know, it wouldn't have worked if they couldn't, didn't no, have that. So, you know, have, so. it all ended up working out in the end. One thing that stood out to me, and I guess this kind of goes in line with the whole, thing we were saying about being impressed the last scene the scene with arthur spiderwick is the the whole plot line with his dad i thought was really well done and it wasn't um overdone like he it was it was just sprinkled in as it went and it added a lot to his character i thought and also i was like man imagine like now having the climax of your kids movie be the main character stabbing his dad in the chest like uh, it wasn't his yeah. dad but like that's crazy that's yeah, Mulgrath. but yeah that they did it and what a great scene too like what a genius way of showing him like letting go of that of that part of himself or like that mm-hmm. part of himself that felt like responsible for that i don't know i was like such a great idea because i don't think that was in the book it might it might have been i feel like it wasn't I remember being surprised by it. So mate, I feel like that's why I feel like it wasn't. Um, but man, what a great call. That whole climax was just like so well done. Well, and it's like a perfect end to his arc too. Like it just yeah. really resolves in. And he like says, tells the mom he wants, like I uh, love when he tells the mom he wants to like live with her. He's like, no, I want to live with you. That was so sad. Uh, it's uh, Wow. What a great movie. What a Anyone great who movie. rates That's this lower than like, I don't know. I mean, three and a half, but I think this is like an easy four star kids this movie. This is a three and a half to four star. Yeah. Easy. And I have a hard time rating movies like, like movies this, like this I that I have too. seen. Because uh, I feel like I don't want to bias to always like go factor in too hard. But in terms of this genre specifically, like this is a good movie. It slaps. Uh, it earns the secondhand film stamp of approval. Award. Slap award <laughs> from uh, the Will Smith Slap Award. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. I watching this, I was like, even beyond the excitement and the joy of me like reliving my childhood and like remembering all these great moments, I was just like, man, this is just a really good movie. Um. That's just. So many things just I was impressed about how well it all fit together. And what a what a great like 2000s ending by having the mm. the Hawks will eat the bird. Oh, it's so like there's no way they would do that now. Like they would have to have Jared kill Mulgrath now. No. But that's the thing. His moment, like you said, his conclusion of that was he had his moment. His he had, his he had moment. the moment. He had the moment, and uh, it what a br- it's brilliant, it's, honestly. It was. And the fact that Mulgrath just gets eaten, like such retribution, because the whole time, like Hog Squeal is this comedic side character, but like you get this like i don't know like he saw his family get destroyed and like yeah, that's crazy i he, didn't even remember that part he yeah you blocked that out as a kid i did block that out um but like you know what i mean like so for him like this yeah mulgrath was gonna kill jared but like this is hog squeal's life and world like it's about the book is about him and so like it just the fact that he also gets to kill he gets yeah. to kill Mulgrath, and he's like this random side character. Oh, it's so good. What is that line that Arthur Spiderwick says at the end, too, where it's like, I got so obsessed with finding all these magical creatures that I forgot about the one that I already had. I was like, wow. Kind of hits. Kind of hits. What a line from Arthur Spiderwick hidden home right now. Also, a little bit like, you know, a uh, little colonizer social commentary, maybe, or like... You know, like this, yeah, guy, this mean, white guy he, goes through and he, like, yeah, like he, it was his life's work, but like at what cost? Like the hobgoblins got destroyed and like. He could have destroyed it and he chose instead to like 
choose to keep it because yeah, of his, like, lost, it was his work. Like everything because of it. It's crazy. There's a lot going on here in this movie. In like a 90, whatever, 95 minutes? 95 minutes. 95 minutes. 95 minutes. Uh, And that's like only scratching the surface. I mean, like when you go through like all the sibling dynamics and like his relationship with his twin and his sister and then like pull in the mom's themes with like her having to like move the family and like get this horrible job and like all this stuff. I just like... There's so much going on. It's so impressive. I wish that, like, kids' movies these days and movies in general would, like, I don't know, go back to this. Like, I feel like everything feels like it has to be so long these days. And, like, long I can... Long and epic. Yeah, like, and I can get into a long movie. Like, I talked about that with John Wick 4. But, like, I mean, you can pack a major punch in 95 minutes if you do it right. Yes. And I I think we need to I think some creators need to refine uh that element and mm. start making some banger 95 minute movies. Yeah. And also I think like you kind of said a little bit like even though this is a a large scale plot like they say oh I'm like oh Mulgroth is is his plan is to take over the world I guess generally but I don't think it ever really feels that way. Like, it feels pretty domestic most of the time, even though it is a very, like, I don't know. I think a lot of the the tension or, like, the anger in Jared is, like, more rooted in, like, the family dynamics. It's and very so, grounded. Um, yeah. For sure. And so I, it's like we everyone feels like they need to make, like, Marvel for kids or something when they make a kids movie, you know? Yeah, and it feels, um, I don't know. I think the thing about it, like you said, is that a lot of the marvelification of things uh, these days is that it has to be saving the world or savings, like uh, like with WandaVision, where it could have been just this simple, like, ending of mm. her little town and all that, but instead it's like, we have to have this battle with Agatha, yeah. and, like, we have to do this thing and it has to be this big fight or like with shang chi where it's like it that could have been scaled down but instead they're like we have to have a dragon and it has to do this and it has to be this big fight and it's like does it though Mm. or can we scale it down and have it be like something simple and authentic and like grounded and like makes more sense for something I don't know. I just think, like, we we need to go smaller. Like, everyone is in the mindset of going big, and it's like, what if we pare it down? Even in a... Not to bring this movie up, because I know people are probably mad that we're talk, I'm talking about it more negatively, but even something like um, Mitchell's versus the Machines, which Ooh. I think is a good, like, kids movie, basically. Yeah. Over, but... I feel like there's a part of that where a lot of the things I didn't like about it were the when they elements. had to go so big, large scales, like that yes. final climactic scene, like the end of the world type stakes. I agree. When the real stuff was in the family. I don't know. And I think just like you said, movies are too, are right now too focused on like making things as big as possible and while still having a core center. But I think in some cases like you need to keep it a little smaller if you want to maintain on like the core uh, emotional arc because if you don't then like the the emo- the high stakes are going to overtake it all I mean, like if the world's John ending Wick it's going to four ended i mean exactly. it could have ended with him like blowing through 200 more people blah 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 but it ended with like a simple duel like how unsuspenseful is that but it was like such a good ending yes and it could have ended like if john wick doesn't win this duel then the high table will take over the take over the 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 world world. yeah like it's something really crazy but it wasn't like it was just like he wanted his freedom and that was it and it was like yeah that's that's all it takes. I, I all it takes is the heart element, and if you get that right, the rest falls into place. You don't need the spectacle at Marvel. So um, true. Kevin Feige, at Kevin if you're Feige. listening, <laughs> take notes. Hear me out. Maybe just dial it down a little bit. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, just do yourself a favor. 
uh, open up HBO Max if you have a, f- a spare 95 minutes, watch the Spiderwork Chronicles mm. and, you know, just consider what you could take yeah. from the stories of the Grace family. Yeah, that's all I'd have to say. What a great movie. I would highly recommend. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I think even if you don't, obviously, like we watched it alone too. Like if mm-hmm. you're not a kid, you can watch it. You can it, you can enjoy it. Don't worry. Our question of the week. Um, I feel like we should ask what childhood thing needs to be rebooted. Like what? What thing from your childhood needs to be rebooted? Yeah. What? Maybe what entertainment or like what media? Piece of media. Yeah. What piece of media from your childhood needs to be rebooted? Because it could be a book or it could be a movie or something. Yeah. Yeah. Book, a movie, a TV show, a video game. Oh, I forgot to say, I had the Spiderwick video game. Oh. That was sick. It was a Wii game. That was a sick game. I don't think I have it anymore, but I should buy it again. What a great Yeah, we should play game. it. It was so good. Um, It probably was really bad. I don't remember, but I remember loving that game. You could play it. It's like there were scenes with Thimbletack. You would fight as Mallory with a sword. Wow. You would like use the seeing stone. Man. I'm trying to think about what I would reboot. You know what was kind of fire was Word Girl. <laughs> <laughs> what made you think of that? <laughs> I don't know. I was. I don't know. I just liked Word Girl, man. That That's was a great funny. show. Um, I was going to say they made a movie of The Thief Lord. This is like one of my favorite books of all time, The Thief Lord. They made a movie and I would love to see it become a series one day, like a Disney Plus series. Yeah. Maybe you know. I mean, we're making we're making Spider Work as a Disney Plus series, which hasn't like had a piece of media since two thousand nine. So I feel like a lot of th- anything's on the table today. Anything is possible. Speaking of things like being possible and like things from our childhood being made <gasps> next oh, week, boy. we've got a big one. Mushroom Kingdom, here <laughs> we come. Mama we'll be talking mia. about. The Super Mario <laughs> Brothers movie, it's time. Like speaking of movies that are like ninety or less minutes. Wow. You know. I am excited for this one. Uh Chris Pratt aside, I I don't know. I'm hyped about it. Um I think the trailers have been good. You know, I feel like the trailers have been good. I felt like they've had a good vibe. Definitely not like masterpiece vibe, but I felt like they've all felt like really fun. I mean, it looks cool. Like, just visually, it looks stunning. So, I'm excited just in that I'm just regard. Lo- I just am a big Mario guy, you know? I'm just yeah. excited to see this, the Mushroom Kingdom. The Mushroom Kingdom up on up on screen. <laughs> um, uh, and we will have a guest on this episode. Yes. Our very dear, very good best friend, Elijah, will be... Uh, joining us uh, for his appearance on the pod, which is so unbelievable. Actually, well, I, he, he doesn't really like watch many movies. I don't think like so. It's like, but he does yes. watch some movies, and he, we all he watches are big movies Mario fans. that we make him watch as and well. We're all, we're all big Mario fans, and so it's like I think this was an easy decision. We had to have someone on this episode, and they are just even just as big of Mario fans as us. So I think we need to like. Yeah. We need someone to match that energy. If we had someone who was like a midweather Mario fan, it no. Not work. It's we we are the Mario Bros. We we are the Mario Bros. <laughs> we are the oh, three of us. Man. We're the Mario Bros. We we play Mario Kart together every time we the do. new booster course comes out. We bought Mario action figures together our last vacation. I got mine right here. I got Boom Boom right here. <laughs> and and, th- and they Elijah had to check got, my receipt at, at Walmart because they, they were like, are you stealing this? And I threw away my receipt, so I had to like <laughs> rummage through the trash to find it. And Elijah it. got Chain Chomp, uh, yes. right? And then I got uh, Yoshi. Of course. I have three um, Yoshis on my desk <laughs> from beside me. I have a white Yoshi or like a whitish Yoshi. I have a red Mario Kart Yoshi. Yep, which I uh, got you, that one. Uh, and then I have a green Yoshi from the McDonald's Incredible. Mario Kart toys. Incredible. Big Yoshi guy. Um, So join us for that episode. It's going to be great. I'm excited. Also... I'm not going to talk about it in the episode, but Air was also coming out that weekend. So just oh a great, gosh. it's just a, it's just going to be a really great movie weekend for me. 
I, I am still really excited about air. I don't care. I think it looks like just such a vibe. Um, so again, that will be coming out on Wednesday, not Tuesday. So join us then for our discussion of the Super Mario Bros. movie. Until then, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can also follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Share it with your friends. If you like this episode, maybe one of your friends also loves Spiderwick and you just want to like, oh yeah, remember this? I don't know. I feel like these childhood classics, you know, can connect with a lot of people, a lot of different people who don't usually listen to our episodes. Just if you liked this series or this movie, whatever we talk about. Uh-huh. Um, so if, if, if the spirit moves you, share with a, share with a friend. Mm. Um, I, I don't really have anything else besides that. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, well, until next time, I'm Red Cap. <laughs> I'm Simple Tack. <laughs> and, and we're, we're your, your second, second hand, hand. Film, film critic. critic.